Okay, we are starting a new Christmas series this morning uh, on the theme of Christmas called Do You Remember When? Because, you know, Christmas is a time of nostalgia where we look back. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have a, a memory of what Christmas was like uh, back when I was a boy in the 1950s, the ancient times. Because the, uh, I was raised in the metropolis of Butler, Indiana, and uh, we had uh, a businessman, Downtown Businessmen's Association, I don't know if that was the name of it or something else, but all the merchants in town got together and they rented the Butler Theater in downtown Butler on a Saturday. I think it was from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock, maybe it was noon to 4, I don't really remember. But... Uh, they rented the theater, and the theater just showed cartoons. You know, Woody Woodpecker, Popeye, Donald Duck, all those different kinds of cartoons. They showed that for a couple hours so the parents could do Christmas shopping. That was back in the days when everybody did shopping in town. Now everybody does it online or go to Walmart, uh, that sort of thing. But this was in town. Can you imagine... A room full of 150 to 200 school-age children watching cartoons, kids with a 15-minute attention span, <laughs> for three or four hours watching cartoons, the place was a madhouse, popcorn everywhere. But the business owners knew it would pay off for them, so they made that investment. Uh, that's my fond memory Hours of cartoons and no parents saying, get off the TV. You probably have some nostalgic memories of what Christmas was like. Um, but we're going to call, we're, we're calling the series, Do You Remember When? But today we're going to talk about, remember when God made an appointment with humanity, with mankind. Made an appointment, scheduled time. By the way, those of you that brought a Bible and want to follow along with me, you can turn there to Luke chapter 1. We're going to work our way through a couple of verses there in the Christmas story. Um, but before we do that, I just want to start out with Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. A great Christmas message or scripture. It says, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman. Powerful verse. Powerful. Let me unpack it for you. When the time had fully come. That's the word time there is translated from the Greek word chronos. We get our word chronological from it. It has to do with a set time in sequence. So there's a sequence, a time, and when the time had fully come. In other words, God has a set time. He had a set time when Jesus came, and I believe he also has a set time when Jesus is going to come back again. But we're not talking about the second coming. We're talking about Christmas today, when Jesus came, when the time had fully come. In other words, when sin had ran its course. God put Adam and Eve on this earth, and we're all descendants of Adam and Eve, and God just waited Till they could get their act together. And he watched century after century 
till man could get his act together. But we have this problem called sin down deep inside of our hearts. So no matter whether you become good or whether you become bad in your life and how you live your life, we're all sinners. We're all in this handicapped place where we have sin in our life. God's waiting for us to get our act together. And finally, it comes to a reality with God that man cannot get his life together. That humankind is always going to make a mess of things. There's always going to be brokenness. There's always going to be dysfunction because there's sin among us, humans. Did you know that? Maybe that's a revelation to you. You can never get your life good enough to have God's favor in your life. There is no good enough with sinful people. We get in this problem when we start thinking that because Jesus died on the cross and we've accepted him, therefore we're not sinners anymore. Because if you're not a sinner anymore, you don't need a savior anymore. You're on your own. You see how that plays out in the negative? God's got a better plan for us. When the time had fully come, God sent his son. This has to do with heaven. This has to do with God. When the time had fully come, God sent his son. God's the father. His son is Jesus. God sent his son when he saw man couldn't help themselves anymore. There's no hope for us. We're all hopeless. So he knew he had to go to great lengths, great extent by sending his own son to take care of the sin problem with us. So... The first part of this is when the time had fully come. The second part is God sent his son. And the third part is he was born of a woman. That is humanity. That is mankind. Those of us who are sinners, everyone, Jesus came to join us. Came to step into our world. Came to step into our lifestyle down here on planet earth. So what we're going to talk about today, we could call theological anthropology. Anthropology is the study of man. Theology is the study of God. We're looking at the study of man from God's perspective, how God sees things. And it's not a pretty picture because we're all sinners. We've got to recognize that. So I'm going to share four things about mankind, humankind, you and I, that we need to understand. Here's the first thing. Christmas is a human celebration. It's all about humanity. Now I want to share from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married, to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. I want us to see in what we're reading here, it's all about human, humankind, humankind, humans. Not much about God in those two verses, just humankind. The emphasis is on humanity. Talks about a virgin 
who's pledged or espoused or engaged to Joseph, who's of the house of David. It's all human stuff. And what's her name? Mary. One of the most common names. Did you know there are six Marys in the New Testament? You get confused trying to figure out who's who because there's so many Marys. It's a common name. That's the whole point. She is nothing special. God just chooses her to be special. Nothing special about her. And maybe you, like me, look at yourself and say, there's nothing special about me. Why should God want to put favor in my life? Good question. There is no answer. He just chooses to. He picks and chooses. We don't get to. Well, there is some things we get to. What I'm going to do with Jesus Christ, I get to, ma- get to make that decision. That's mine. In John chapter 2, verse 25, it says this about Jesus when he came to earth and became a mature adult. He did not need any testimony about mankind. For he knew what was in each person. Did you know he knows what's inside of you? He doesn't need somebody to come and teach him about you. He already knows everything about you. He knows all your secrets, the things that you covered up from Pastor Deal. I don't know anything about it because you covered it up really well. He knows it. He knows all of that. And he didn't trust He didn't trust his own disciples. He didn't trust anybody. He didn't trust people because people are untrustworthy. Have you learned that yet? You can't even trust yourself. You make a pledge to God and you don't keep it. Why is that? Because you're a sinner down in your very, down in your soul, down here. We can't trust ourselves. So he knew what was in each person. Now the angel Gabriel comes to enlighten Mary about God's plan. Because she's human, she can't figure out what God's doing. Just like you can't figure out what God's doing in your life. So the angel Gabriel has to come and show her because humans can't figure this out. This is a characteristic of humans. We are spiritually blind We cannot see what's right in front of us. Let me try to illustrate this so we can all be on the same page. How do you explain to a blind person the color blue? How do you explain that to them? How do you explain to a deaf person what a bird whistle sounds like? How do you explain that? How do you explain what steel wool feels like to somebody that doesn't have the sensory ability? How do you explain these things? And how do you explain to a person that has five senses working really good, how do you explain to them things that are not sensory, like spiritual things? How do you explain angels and demons that nobody can see? How do you explain that? So the world can't see it. They can't figure it out. They just say, I don't believe that. Bunch of hogwash, bunch of foolishness. Unless someone from heaven tells us about it, explains it, 
unless we get a touch from God, we don't think it's real. I'm here to tell you today, this is real. There is a spiritual dimension that humankind doesn't have the ability to sense. But here's the good news. There is such a thing as ESP, extrasensory perception, outside of the five senses. There is such a thing, and it is spiritually discerned, and only the Holy Spirit can bring that out to us and reveal it to us. It is an extrasensory perception. Spiritual gifts work like that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but consider them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned only through the Spirit. Only the Spirit can convince us that this spiritual realm is real. So we desperately need the Holy Spirit. And this is a shame because the church world has basically been afraid of the Holy Spirit and they don't want to talk about it. When I came to the faith, I I got mad at my church because they never told me there was such a thing as the Holy Spirit. Father God, they talked about that. Jesus the Redeemer, they talked about that. But you can only understand spiritual truth through the Spirit. And that, they just kept silent. It was as if they were either ashamed of it or they didn't know it themselves. I'm bound to determine to make sure that you know the truth. There is such a thing as the Holy Spirit. And He does want to give us this extrasensory perception into the spiritual realm. So God made an appointment with humanity. That's what Christmas is all about, when God made an appointment with Christianity. There was a certain time. Did you know that God wants to make an appointment with you? Did you know that? Christmas can be an everyday thing. He wants to make an appointment with you. Let's go to the second thing I want us to see from the story here. In verse, it goes on in verse 28. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. So here's the second point. God's favor comes upon humans. Doesn't comes on, come upon dogs and cats. Your favor comes upon dogs and cats. God's favor comes upon humans. Builds relationships with human beings. Puts his spirit inside of human beings so that we can learn and see what God is trying to say to us. So Mary was highly favored. And the good news is God's still touching human lives. You can be highly favored. I believe that I am highly favored. Why? I have no idea. His hand is upon me. I I believe a lot of you in this room, God's hand is upon you. You are highly favored. God's doing great and mighty things in your life. He's going to do great and mighty things in your life. I want you to believe it. 
The Lord is with you, the angel said. This is what it means to be highly favored, to have the Lord with you, going through life with you. Let me illustrate this. Suppose there was a wealthy benefactor who set his eyes on you and decided he wanted to see you be successful. So this wealthy benefactor decided to walk along beside you. And you knew that if you ever got into trouble, this wealthy benefactor would be there for you. Your heart says, well, I can't give more to the church. I can't. How can anybody give 10% of their income and survive? How can that be? Doesn't make sense to us. But if we knew we had this wealthy benefactor walking along beside us, if I gave my 10%, if I ran into trouble financially, my wealthy benefactor would take care of that difference. Wouldn't that be great if you had somebody like that walking along beside you? Hello? We do. This is Jesus Christ. This is the Spirit of God living inside of us. He's walking beside us. And we never have to worry about taking a risk in faith because He's going to be there to bail us out. That's the second thing. God's favor comes upon us. The third thing I want us to see is in verse 29 where it says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So the angel comes, clearly reveals the plan of God to her, and she sits back and scratches her head and says, I wonder what this is all about. She doesn't get it. She's a human. She's like you and I. Right in front of her face, the the truth is, and she doesn't get it. Doesn't that sound like you? Sounds like me, right in front of me. And I still don't get it because I'm human. I need the Spirit to show me even more, a little bit deeper. The third thing is humans cannot understand spiritual things. Humans can't. Note Mary's confusion. You see, she understands enough about biology and where babies come from that she doesn't understand how this can be. There is, a, there is a miracle that's happening inside of her. God's doing something amazing, not for her, not because of her, but because it's a part of his plan. Things happen inside of us that are not about us. It's about his plan, what he wants to do. He puts his favor in my life, not so I can be blessed, but so I can pass the blessing on to somebody else. It's all about his plan, his big plan he's trying to work out. So here's three things the Bible says very clearly about us. Number one, we're all sinners. Did you know that? Did you, did you know we're all sinners? The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible also says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. This is the reality. We're all sinners. We've got to quit polishing our halo and trying to make everybody think how good we are and just acknowledge the fact that we desperately need redemption. 
We need the Spirit of God to touch our lives. Here's the second thing we learn about humans, all humans. We are limited to and driven by fleshly needs. We need food, so we eat too much. We need community, so we find ourselves in church. There's things in our flesh, in our natural flesh, we need, and we are driven by these things. They overcome us, they empower us, and they get us in more trouble than we can get ourselves out of, these fleshly needs. And the third thing, we're all destined to die. I told you it wouldn't be a pretty picture. Did you know we're all destined to die? Did you know that? If you didn't know that, you might as well settle into it. Because only when you realize you're destined to die do you seriously think about, what am I going to do now, knowing that I'm going to die someday? It's time to make some plans. Time to get some things together. So Mary was human, and Gabriel was godly, talking to her, taking her to another level. Here's what I want to say this morning. God wants to take us all to a higher level. And maybe Gabriel, the angel, won't show up and tell you what you need to do, but he'll arrange to send somebody else along, like me, to tell you what you need to do now. Jesus said that he would send, when he leaves, because he had to face death also, when he leaves, he's going to send another comforter. This is such good news. The Holy Spirit is the comforter that he's going to send. So Jesus isn't here to lay hands on us and heal us, to give us good news. He sits at the right hand of the Father, but he sent another comforter, the Holy Spirit, to empower us. So guess where the Holy Spirit lives today? Inside believers. So when we come together like we have here, we actually have the power to lay hands on one another and receive healing, to actually give words to one another and give hope to somebody that's hopeless. The Holy Spirit, he's going to teach us. Here's the fourth, the fourth thing. God touches our humanity. He doesn't take our humanity away. He touches our humanity, makes us holy. Look what he says. I'm going to start reading in verse 30 through verse 33. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Here's the prophecy. His kingdom will never end. Here we are at the end of 2022, about to go into 2023, and his kingdom will never end. What hope does that give me? I'm still in the kingdom. Kingdom isn't over. 
No matter what it looks like, no matter what other people say, the kingdom isn't over. It's his kingdom. I live in his kingdom. Doesn't make any difference what Washington does. I'm living in his kingdom. I'm secure. It's okay. Okay, I need to put this down. Get back to my notes because I don't remember what to say next. God touches our humanity. So three things happen here when God touches humans. Whether it's you or it's me or somebody else. Three things. Number one, we fear. Mary was terrified when she saw this angel. Just like you would be if an angel showed up and started having a conversation with you. That would throw us into a panic. We fear when God touches us. Because we don't trust what we can't control. We want to be in control, don't, don't we? I want to be in control of my life. And if I really give control of my life over to Jesus, what might that entail? What might God want me to do? I have to think that through. Here's the second thing. When God meets humans, we know we found favor with God. You see, God doesn't deal with sin. He deals with holiness. So if God touches my life, that's proof to me God's favor is upon my life. That's a good thing. Here's, uh, here's the third thing that happens when God meets humans. Step one is revealed. God, God doesn't give us the whole picture of our life. If he did that, we'd probably turn and run away. He just gives us step one. Yep. Mary, you're going to conceive. Oh, I don't understand. I don't understand how that can possibly be. We don't have to understand. We just have to know you're going to conceive. You're going to have a baby. You're going to be with child. And then you've got to wait like nine months to see the reality. You see, God, when he touches our life, something is going to conceive inside of us. Something begins inside of us. It's just the beginning. It takes time to mature. It takes time to grow. It takes time to be what God wants it to be. But when he touches us, you better believe something's been planted inside of you. There is a seed inside of you. God's, if God is going to touch your life once, he's got a plan in mind. This is good news, but we have to wait on it. Have to wait on it. Can't be in a hurry. We humans, we have special rooms we go to, just called waiting rooms. They call them that. We don't do anything there but wait. How many have ever been to one of those waiting rooms? You just have to wait. So we need to allow God's Holy Spirit to touch our lives. We need to allow that. Not hinder it because we're afraid because we don't understand. We need to be open because it's spiritually discerned. We're never going to figure out spiritual things without the Holy Spirit opening our eyes. It's not going to happen. We need that. So we need to seek out the destiny 
he has for us. So let me close with this thought. While I was in that movie theater watching cartoons, my parents were out there taking care of Christmas for me. They were arranging Christmas. Could it be while you and I are down here on this life playing games, watching cartoons, so to speak, with our life, our Heavenly Father is out there preparing Christmas for us. He's preparing to meet us. He's preparing to touch our lives, preparing to reach out and make a difference in our life. Could it be that's happening as we speak? We need to get our eyes off the cartoons and playing games and be very serious about this thing because this is life and death for you. This is time to get serious. Think about it. If I didn't already have peace with God, then I know what I would do. I would have a serious conversation with God, right, like right now. Lord, I believe in you. I ask you to forgive my sins. I messed up. I've made some bad choices. I ask you to forgive my sins. I ask you to speak to me. I ask you to guide me. Put your spirit inside. Open my spiritual eyes so I can see the spiritual dimension around me. Make me a child of God. Make me one of your people in the kingdom of God. I'd have that conversation. I get very serious with God if, if I were you. And maybe some of you need to take that step. It's real simple. You just say it in a prayer. Lord, forgive me. Come into my life. Make me new. Help me to be the man or the woman you want me to be. He'll do it if you just ask him. We're going to sing one more song here. And it's uh, an appropriate song for what we're dealing with. And maybe it's time for you to have that conversation with God yourself.